25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Here we go. It's the Farm Bureau Studio. I'm Matt Beaver is here. You are here. Adam is the first to say anything on Facebook. What's up, Adam? Watching the live stream, people on Periscope, on the radio, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN, 105.9 Jackson, Central Mississippi. What's up, everybody? Y'all know what day it is. Here we go. Yes. Happy Hump Day! Everybody do the Humpty Hump on Hump Day. Alright, so phone calls, texts, tweets, comments on Facebook, on Periscope. I'll see all that stuff. Get it in. What's up, Mike? What's up, Danny on Facebook? Kane, watching from the ATL, Atlanta. Yeah, this these days it really is hot, Atlanta. It's not hot as, as hot today as it has been though. Come on! Hot coffee in the mug from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Highpointroasters.com. Yeah, <laughs> and I need it. Beaver, I missed some sleep last night, man. Like I went to bed just at the normal time, but I woke up at like three in the morning. I've been awake ever since. Oh, that's terrible. And it, it, well, and it's like it's not that far off from when I normally wake up, but I normally wake up around four, four thirty. But it's something about waking up at three. I swear, I was sitting here for the last oh fifteen minutes before we started the show. I was literally dozing off. And I didn't go ahead and start guzzling my hot coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany because I wanted to save it for the show to kind of like, you know, um, I don't know, space out the coffee. Make sure I have enough to last the entire two hours. So maybe this will give me a pick-me-up. Of course, the song helps, doesn't it? Kind of gets yeah, you off does. your feet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. How, was, uh, how was Chris today? Everything was good on the gridiron? Yeah. Yeah, he's uh he's okay. Apparently at some point though, he decided that he's he's done listening to callers. Really? Okay. He's just done <laughs> with it. <laughs> I guess so. Gatorman called and he said something and then Chris admitted, "You know, I, d- I didn't hear what he said." <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Look, it happens. <laughs> you know, like we've already discovered that Chris is super duper ADD. So, um or whatever it is, ADHD, ADD, whichever one it is, it makes it hard to pay attention. Okay, so he was just thinking about other stuff. That's all it was. We don't, we shouldn't take offense to that. All right, so, um, hey, yeah, y'all text me, country please, and text line 885-ESPN. Call me on the Divinity phone. 
995-1059. If you miss those numbers, don't fret. I give them out a bunch. And if you're watching the live stream, you check it out on Periscope, Twitter, on Facebook. Every now and then we pop them up on the screen here behind me and uh, you'll be able to check that out. So let's see. Uh, first up, just, just a few comments on Facebook. Lynn wants to know if we should do like an over under 5,000 passing yards for state this year. I, you know, if you wanted to make it a harder guess, I'd probably, I'd put it at, at about 4,000, put the over under at 4,000, right? I think year one at Washington state, they didn't throw for 4,000 yards. So that, that would probably, but I don't know. We could certainly talk about that. Um, uh, Jay Heath is watching in Hernando, Steve in Dothan, Alabama. Tom is in Beaver's hometown of Pearl. We got a pirate up in here. Hey, Tom and Pat and everybody saying hello. Okay, so here's the news. Well, it's not official. This is not from the university. I just did some checking around. I've gotten a lot of questions. Therefore, I checked on it. i gotten a lot of questions about, hey, is the... Game on Thursday night for Mississippi State, the season opener. Is it still going to be on Thursday? I thought they were opening on Thursday. The schedule says Saturday. Matt, you're doing a countdown on your show of 100 teams in 100 days leading up to Saturday, September the 5th. Saturday. Why not Thursday? So I've gotten that question a lot. So I had a conversation this morning, somebody I trust, and... I would just tell you that it looks like that's a no-go. The Thursday night thing looks like that's off. I mean, and and I, I came away from that conversation as, you know, unless we hear something else between now and maybe middle of July, just go ahead and plan on a Saturday season opener if you're, Missis, if you're a Mississippi State fan. I mean, I know they said Thursday night. At one point it came out, yeah, we're going to put it on Thursday night. But then the coronavirus hit, changed everything, obviously, put everything up in the air. I mean, you know, all this goes without saying. I don't have to tell you what coronavirus did to everything. But since then, there was no confirmation ever. It wasn't official. Everything changed for schools around the country, television around, around college football changing. It's uncertain. And I will tell you, normally about this time of year in the middle of June is when you'll get an announcement from like ESPN that says, hey, here are the start times and the television times for week one of college football. We normally get that right about now. Well, they put all that off until, I guess, maybe July, making a very late announcement on that kind of thing. So that impacts it as well. I'm just telling you that based on the conversation I had this morning, I am led to believe that's off. The Thursday night season opener thing is dead. Let's just go ahead and plan on it being on a Saturday until we hear otherwise. Again, based on the conversation this morning, it's not coming anything official from the school or ESPN or anything like that. I will be pleasantly surprised to be wrong. You know, maybe that's you know, what we call hedging in the whole media thing. Hedging, yeah. 
Because I would love for it to be on Thursday night. I'd love for that season over. I'd love to be there on a Thursday, see it on a Thursday, and then have the opening weekend to sit on my butt on Saturday and watch everybody else play. <laughs> Lots of selfish reasons I'd love for it to be on a Thursday. So if it comes back and they say, well, we've circled back around now, we're going to have it on Thursday. Well, okay, great, wonderful. Matt was wrong about it. Hallelujah, Matt was wrong about it. I'll be right there with you. But sounds to me like it ain't happening. So let's count on Saturday, September the 5th, if you're a state fan, for uh, your season opener. Until further notice. Sound good? Good. All right, text me. Country Please and text line, it's 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. Jason in Flagstaff texts the show. He says, Brother Wyatt, may I please call in and explain why Brooks is a pansy? Then he says LOL, so he's laughing. But what is that about, Jason? You can call in about anything. Anybody can call in about anything. I've been accused of banning someone. I've not banned anybody. Anybody can call. Anybody can get on. Anybody can text. I don't know. I don't have the a big enough stick to go to banning people and telling you you can or can't and who can and can't be on the air. Now, I have politely asked people, just stay away if you don't mind. <laughs> but... I can't tell them what to do, and I can't ban. I'm not banning people. So you feel free, man. You can call and say whatever. I just don't know what that's about. I don't think Chris is a pansy. What are we talking about here? You're going to have to fill me in. Nick says, uh, Matt, as a dad of a two- and three-year-old, explain to me just why you'd want to get up at 4 a.m. <laughs> it's not a matter of want to. It's just a matter of I've been doing it so long I can't do anything else. Um. It's impossible. It's nearly. And there's like a couple of nights out of the entire year where I can be awake past 9, 30, 10 o'clock and, and be okay with it and be fine. Otherwise, I just pass out wherever I am. And bedtime is 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Wake up. I want to be up plenty of time before the sun comes up so I'm good and awake so I can watch that sun come up. That's just the way it is. It, people, Everybody's different. I'm not a night owl. I'm the opposite of whatever a night owl is. That's me. Um, Jeremy's listening on Facebook uh, from North Carolina. I got some friends who made a trip to North Carolina. They posted pictures yesterday, and it's just... Man, is North Carolina the most beautiful state out there that never gets credit for being the most beautiful state? Really? Love that place. Brenda is okay with a Saturday start as long as they start. Braxton said on Facebook, Thursday, Saturday, doesn't matter. Sound the sirens. Bulldog air raids coming. Three exclamation points he put with that message on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Steve says Thursday would be great. But Saturday, uh, Saturday would be awesome with a larger crowd. You think so? For a season open, now I know we debated this back when the idea popped up there, Steve, but are, are we convinced that if they had the opening game on Thursday night, you would definitely have a smaller crowd than you would on Saturday? Are we convinced of that? That's all I'm asking. I'm not necessarily convinced of that. Not with the season opener. I'm not. Um, but it definitely did change it. Coronavirus comes in there. I think pre-coronavirus, you were going to have a Thursday night opener. I think now you're not. 
You also are not going to have SEC media days. I don't know if y'all know that. If you just you've heard it elsewhere, seen it on Twitter, I kind of you know hinted at that the last couple of weeks when it came up. A press release today from the SEC: The Southeastern Conference will hold its first ever virtual football media days in 2020. I think this is great. I'll tell you why. They are making that announcement today. SEC Football Media Days was scheduled to be held in Atlanta July 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th. Four-day event at the College Football Hall of Fame and Omni Atlanta Hotel. They have not announced dates and times that the new virtual SEC Media Days are going to happen. They are just announcing today that it won't happen as normal on location in Atlanta. It's all going to be virtual. We knew this was going to happen. It sounds like they're probably still working through the details of what's best to do it. It'll all be geared towards television. Here's what they said. The virtual event will feature Greg Sankey and his annual State of the SEC address, as well as media sessions with the conference's 14 head coaches and select student-athletes from each school. The SEC is planning with the SEC Network to provide wall-to-wall coverage of the virtual event. So, here's what I think. This is the way I'm reading all this. Any of us could have known, and we basically did know, we talked about it here, they're not going to have SEC Media Days like normal. We knew that. But, now it's going to be virtual. Okay, what does that mean? There will be this tremendous online component. You can keep up with it all online. And there will be a huge SEC Network television component to this. It'll all be geared towards letting you as a fan watch it and keep up with it on the SEC Network. It'll be one head coach at a time. I'm sure they will take questions. We may even find in the coming weeks that they announce there's ways for like us as media to do what we normally do and get a question or two in for these coaches live on, on some type of call-in or some type of Something like that. But we may not. But regardless, you know, the coaches will get a Q&A. The, the student-athletes, I'm sure they'll all be on their own campuses. It'll be remotely. They will not be going to Charlotte. That's what I'm guessing. But anyway, you know, your normal media day stuff. So like last year, you heard me broadcasting the show for three or four days from Radio Row. You heard all the noise and people sitting down for interviews. And none of that this year as expected. So that's one more thing affected by this, uh, you know, the, I hate to say it, a lot of people don't like this term, but the new normal with the coronavirus. So it has effectively ended the idea of playing on Thursday night, start the year, and it has ended media days. That ain't happening. The other thing you're going to have to deal with, I think, and they're probably waiting to see is what we talked about yesterday. In the coming days, these NCAA committees are going to vote on and make it official that will allow college football programs to do something they've never done before, which is have actual team practices in July, but in the in the vein of walkthroughs. They're going to have walkthrough practices in July. Well, depending on getting that voted through officially and when teams are going to start that, then they'll have to figure out where to fit media days and how to fit media days for coaches and players in that remotely. And So, you know, it's all... Again, hate to use this big, broad term, but it's all fluid <laughs> at this point. And you know what I mean. Jason is out in Arizona, and he says, the way things are looking, they may as well schedule that game for 2 a.m. 
August 38th on the dark side of the moon. If folks don't really start buckling down on their personal responsibilities, a whole lot of things ain't going to happen. He says, I'm going to go cry now. I'll call later. He said, I get up at six. That's four o'clock out there. Can't sleep later. I'm the same way. You're a military guy. Maybe that's what it is, Jason. Now, folks, listen, there is some truth in what Jason is saying. Plenty of experts and non-experts out there talking about this second wave of the coronavirus. And will it happen? Could it happen? Might it happen? What if it happens? Numbers went up this week in Mississippi. Makes sense, right? Everybody got out, started partying together over Memorial Day and hanging out, opening up. The virus spread. Jason is right. Don't take the... Don't take your thumb off the personal responsibility button. Let's do the mask thing. It's it's not a sign of weakness at all. What it is, is it shows that you care about other people. I was out in my neighborhood today, earlier this morning, out for a walk. And I saw uh, a woman who, um, I don't know if she's in real estate, who knows what, but she had to pull into this neighborhood in the house and deliver something. She was not a delivery person, but she was there to like, you know, hand over something. And an older woman came out of her house. I watched him and uh, the older woman came out of her house. She did not have on a mask, but she did stay apart. They spoke and the woman who had driven there and gotten out of her car, she was dressed really nice and she had on a mask. Okay. And I thought, you know, they're outdoors and they're six feet apart. If she didn't have on a mask, it'd probably be fine. But as I'm walking, I'm thinking, to me, that just shows that this particular person says, I'm going to an older woman's house and I'm just not going to walk up there without a mask on. Whether I think I'm sick or not, I'm not going to put her in a position of wondering, is she breathing on me? Is she giving me the, I'm wearing a mask. So the mask thing is unselfish. And he's right about that. Let's don't, let up. Keep being responsible. You know, think about you and your family. You know, ways that not only you prevent yourself from getting it, but ways you may prevent yourself from spreading it if you have it and you don't know it. Hogjowl, what's up with you? On the uh, country pleasing text line says, honestly, I tried to sleep in this morning after returning from Arkansas. I stayed in bed till 4.45 a.m. <laughs> Uh, He said, we are currently having 10,000 new confirmed cases daily. Um, Where you you took about like total. I've lost track of the numbers. Hogjow says, I wear my mask um, at my business this past Saturday. 80% of my customers had no mask and did not seem to care. Green Okra on the text line says, why is Kiffin getting his butt kicked in recruiting by Leach. Well, what are the details on that? Um, I will tell you, Green Okra, what little bit I've kept up with recruiting, all I saw was two days ago, State got a commitment from a, a linebacker from where? Gulf Coast? Gulf Coast Community College? Um, a highly ranked junior college linebacker, and that's definitely a position of need for State. They got a commitment from that, and then of course the transfer receiver. Other than that, I don't, I don't know, you know, uh, what recruiting we're talking about. Um, and and I'm sorry to disappoint you, Green Oak. I just don't keep up with it 
the recruiting stuff like a lot of other people uh, do. Jackson Mailman says, Country Pleasing Text Line. I would rather go to a Thursday night game over a Saturday day game when it's going to be that hot. And that's another thing I th- that think that you factor in. That's why I said I don't I don't think it's a given that you would definitely have more people for a Saturday season opener than you will for a Thursday because it's a season opener. And you're right, weather could obviously uh, play a factor in that as well. David on Facebook said Saturday more people because I and the family could not go. On that Thursday, that's a mitigating thing. Sure it is. There's some people that, because of having to be at work at Friday, on Friday at 8 a.m., school will be in there, right? You know, back to school, unless you want to miss on that Friday. So that's a, a certainly a factor. Steve said, no, but it's harder to get there for a Thursday night game. And I think that is true, definitely, uh, that it's harder to get there. Slippery when wet, country pleasing text line. Our church had in-church worship this weekend, and they put out a message this morning on how people weren't wearing masks or social distancing. My son has asthma, so we take different precautions than anyone else. The shutdown and stay at home was society's chance to learn better hygiene habits. Some people just watch Netflix. (laughs) That's what... uh, I guess that's true, Rhett. Yeah, churches, that's been an interesting thing, watching them open back up. It really is. All right, uh, more of you. Going to get to your feedback, comments, questions, and opinions. I want to get back into this college football job tiers, the schools, and what tier are they in, based on what was sent to us yesterday. And then we got the countdown coming up on Wednesday. Hump day! I'm Matt. Stick around. Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, everybody. Countdown of 100 teams in 100 days continues. Today is 87. We had 88 yesterday. Yeah, I got it right. Yesterday was 88 Syracuse. Today is team number uh, 87. So we're 87 days from September the 5th. Count it down. Believing that college football is going to happen. Jason on the country pleasing text line said, y'all, don't, don't, don't let up. Stay focused. Masks, distancing. And here's why. He's out in Arizona. He sent me a text on the text line. Country pleasing sauces on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. The best. Just say country pleasing, please. I had some of that original smoked sausage flavors, the original, uh, this morning at breakfast. Chopped it up, threw it in a plant, pan. Had it with eggs, grits. Ooh, make your tongue slap your hat off. Speaking of hat. Check out my new hat. This one has a cowbell on it. I I know. I already sweated in it and got it all warped and everything. But this is a new cowbell hat I got from the Mississippi State University Golf Course. Y'all look them up on Twitter at Hale State GC. GC stands for golf course. At Hale State GC on Twitter. Call them 
325-3028. Get you a hat like mine. This one is kind of like uh, kind of gray front, gray mesh on the back, a little cowbell uh, emblem on the front. It's pretty cool, I think. I must because I'm wearing it, right? No, here's what Jason sent. ABC 15, Arizona, developing story. Arizona Department of Human Services t director tells hospitals to activate their emergency plan as the COVID-19 cases surge in Arizona. Stephen sent me a tweet uh, referencing a tweet from the Mississippi Department of Health sent out earlier today. Today, as the Mississippi Department of Health uh, is reporting 374 new cases of COVID-19 in Mississippi with 21 new deaths. The total cases since March 11th, now 18,483, with 868 deaths. Uh, see more case details, and here's the link. And uh, what he sent back was, and this is, Stephen said, this is before football games with fans go to any store that doesn't require a mask people are walking around like everything's fine second wave we're still on the first now unfortunately i believe you're right about that i believe you are still on the first wave so that all those things have to consider yesterday afternoon um my daughter had an eye appointment and it's one of those things where there's nobody sitting in a waiting room everybody's pulling up in their cars and you call them and let you know, let them know you're there for your appointment, and they call you back and say, "Okay, we'll let you in when it's time for you to come in." And uh, it was our turn, and we all three got out of the car. We all three had on masks, and Mary Liddy had hers, and Annabeth had hers, and I had mine. And uh, we walked to the door, and when the door opened, the woman said, "Hey, listen, we're only with kids. We're only letting one parent come in with them." because we're just trying to reduce the number of people that we have in here. And I said, okay. And, you know, I don't know how your family is, but with ours, there's just, there really wasn't a question of which parent was going in. My wife was going in with her. I knew it. She knew it. Mary Liddy knew it. And I had to say, okay, y'all call me if you need me. And I had to go on back and just wait in the car. Um, yeah. So everybody's, you know, for the most part, people are doing what they have to do, but, I think this is good advice. It's just safe advice at this point. It is kind of preemptive advice. And that is, hey, wear a mask. Just do it. It's unselfish. If you were to have it and you didn't know it, it would keep you from spreading it more. Um, just wear one. Nobody thinks anything about it. You're not weak for wearing a mask. It's just a good thing to do. And it's a, when I say preemptive, I mean, like, if we're college football fans, if we can get everybody to wear masks, there's a better chance we have football, right? The way that we want to have it. All right. Uh, over here on Facebook, I uh, appreciate everybody watching the uh, live stream of the show on Facebook. Jay says, is there talk of Major League Baseball going the route of replacement players if no agreement between the players and owners are reached? That's Jay in Baltimore. You know... My first reaction, Jay, was to go, no, because this is not a normal situation. You know, if this were a normal situation in terms of the world, we're in no pandemic going on, all that's fine. We're not worried about anything other than a cold or the flu, which we have 
you know, medicine treatments and vaccines for, then maybe, yeah, if they were going through this, they weren't going to play and they had a dispute and maybe they do replacement players. Try it. I don't know if anybody watch it or not, but it could be interesting. But given where we are, pandemic, nothing is necessary, it seems like, compared to coronavirus and the pandemic. Then if the major league players and the owners don't get this figured out, we're just not going to have games. The end, it's over. And I think it's over. They keep going back and forth. You saw this yesterday, Jay, where... Major League Baseball Players Association has made a proposal to uh, the owners, basically, for a season of 89 games, a full prorated share of their salary, and expanded playoffs, as they agreed to do uh, back before all this hit. It would bring the sides closer to a potential deal because it is 25 games fewer than the Players Union's most recent proposal of 114 games at full prorated salaries. They're not taking any pay cuts. Look, the the owners are just not going to agree to full prorated share of salaries. And the players are just not going to play without full prorated salaries. It's dead. It's over. They're not going to play. Uh, I've given up on it, Jay, moving on from it. And I don't like it. I'm a baseball fan just like you. I don't like it. I don't like the look. I don't like the way it smells from both sides. Given what's going on in the country, given that the sport of baseball as a whole needs to be the first one back out there, if they could figure it's not like they have to have fans there anyway. Heck, in June and July, half the teams in major leagues are playing in front of nobody anyway. So they should be the first ones back. And the only thing holding it up is there's just a little bit too much selfishness on both sides. They can't get it together, and it's going to damage the game, I, dare I say, permanently. I know that's a strong word. They'll be playing some form of baseball when you and I are long gone. Yeah. But for a sport, in terms of its market share, it's just been steadily decreasing. Over the years, this is one of those where one engine's about to go out and it's going to do it down. It's going to be like doing a little tailspin. Trying to, you know, some guy holding on to the controls, just trying to pull up the nose, pull up the nose. That's what it's going to be after this. And that's a virtual guarantee on that. That's what I really think. All right. And then back to this, if you're just tuning in, I just want you to know, we're just getting started. We got a long way to go. We're just half an hour into today's show. But at the very beginning of the show, I just mentioned that, uh, talking to some folks, there's been a lot of questions recently. Hey, Matt, I thought state was going to open the season on Thursday night, September the 3rd. What happened to that? Are they still going to do it? Why does it say September 5th, Saturday on the schedule? And, you know, I had a conversation this morning that really strongly led me to believe that the whole Thursday night season opener thing is dead. I think the interruption of everything, the unknown of everything, are you going to play, are you not? Um, television, making decisions on that stuff, 
I, I think that's out. So I'm, I'm letting go of the idea myself personally of a Thursday night season opener. K Christy on the Facebook live stream said Thursday night attendance would be a trade-off. You got more students would attend a Thursday before Labor Day game, but working adults who have to travel would have a hard time going. There is definitely a trade-off. The other trade-off is Saturday at 11 a.m. in the heat, Thursday night when kickoff it's about 83 degrees and getting cooler. That's a big difference also. So there's trade-offs everywhere you look at it. I think you're exactly right about that. Stacy said, Matt, you need to have Jay Perry on. Talk about what he does for the players in developing life skills and mentoring programs. You know, Stacy, we had him on um, a while back, and we kind of discussed that. We could do it again and talk about that, but I'd probably find myself going more so down the path of how are they getting all these uh, volunteer workouts done right now, and what does it look like in July when all of a sudden they can do workouts that aren't voluntary? So I'm afraid if I did have him on right now, I'd probably take it a different route. <laughs> uh, just knowing myself. Uh, talking about experiences right now, what, what we're going through with the uh, virus. Joy on Facebook said that, uh, she said, I went to the dentist the other day and it was wild. Wait in the car, brush with peroxide and leave through the back door. We had an orthodontics visit uh, with my daughter here recently, and that it was different. Nobody in there. We go in. Everybody's wearing masks. No shaking hands. Stay away. It just all feels so much different. We all know why. It's just still the natural things. Want to shake hands? But can't do it. Stick around. Back with you, rolling along here on this Wednesday. I really appreciate y'all tuning in. Good show so far. Plenty to get into. It's just never a shortage of um, things to talk about in the sports world. I, it's just, it's amazing. You know, there's certain times of year over the years when I'm starting in radio, you get to a certain time of year, you think, oh boy, there'll be not much going on in July. There won't be anything to talk about. It never works out that way. <laughs> there's always plenty talk about it, it seems but also stuff outside of the sports world as you know if you listen every now and then we throw those in there for you just because you and i i mean we're all alike we have lives way way more of our life is outside of sports we just share the sports interest and that's what kind of brings us together on the radio but i got something for you here and I, and i think i need to check in with beaver and get his opinion let's do it hey beaver what's up with you hey matt wyatt do oh, it. I'm just waiting to hear what you yeah. want my opinion on. Okay, so first, uh, today, June the 10th, it's a national day. It's several different national days. One of them, though, is it's National Egg Roll Day. So let's go first up. Thumbs up on egg rolls. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm going to go thumbs down. Mm. Not a fan of them, huh? I'm not a fan. I've had 
I've had a couple of good ones, but I've had too many bad ones. Okay. To go thumbs up. Is it possible that some of the best egg roll type things are sold in gas stations? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm like you. I'm not a huge fan, but I would say over the years, it's been very obvious whether an egg roll is good or bad. Like they're either really good or it's really bad. Yeah. Roll out the red carpet for one of the country's ultimate comfort foods. National Egg Roll Day, June the 10th. The egg roll began as a Chinese-American tradition that extended to Vietnamese immigrants reaching for the American dream. These traditions grew from the unfailing dedication of families in chop suey palaces serving hungry workers. Restaurants across the country perfected their own versions of the egg roll with a variety of Easy for me to say. I finally chopped ingredients. You know, and they put everything in there. I've, you know, anyway, okay, so it's an egg roll. Okay, it's, but here's the other thing. This hits a little closer to home. Today is also, according to this website, it's National Iced Tea Day. Now, when I saw this, Beaver, there is something about me, and I think it's being a Southerner, when I either see the words iced tea or if I hear someone say iced tea, I cringe. There's something about it. It means there's no, let me just say this for anybody passing through. Let's say you're a northerner and you are headed to the beach and you're just catching the show right now as you tra travel through Mississippi. Understand something. In the South, there is no clearer way to illustrate that you aren't from around here than to go around asking for iced tea. <laughs> it's either sweet tea or unsweet tea, or it's tea. Nobody around here is calling it iced tea. Beaver, do you agree with that? 100%. Never in my life have I gone through a drive-thru or sat down at a restaurant and said, yeah, let me get an iced tea. <laughs> I mean, seriously, people at restaurants, what kind of look are they going to give you if that's what you ask for? Yeah, because ice ice is coming in your drink. There's not a place out there that, well, that I know of that I've ever been to that serves you. If you ordered a tea, it's not going to come with ice. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so you don't need to say iced. Right. Uh, when I lived in Germany, the people there told me, Matt, if you want Ice water, you need to make sure you say, I want ice water. Because if you just say, I want water, they bring you sparkling water with no ice in it. Now, that was 20 years ago, but I remember having to learn how to say ice wasser in German. <laughs> so they'd bring me ice water. <clears throat> National Ice Tea Day on June the 10th each year celebrates one of summer's favorite drinks. Who? I mean, come on, man. <clears throat> iced tea. Nobody. In fact, I don't think I have ever heard anybody that is that has been born, raised anywhere near the southeastern United States ask for iced tea. Calling it that, saying that that's what it is. So I'm just going to move on. Y'all let me know when it's Sweet Tea Day, National Sweet Tea Day. Oh, one more question, Beaver. Sweet or unsweet? Where you stand oh, on that? Sweet. Matt, never. 
Never will I go unsweet. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Yeah. What's that thing? I think I saw this thing on Facebook recently. It said, here's how to drink unsweet tea. And the guy just pours it down the sink. <laughs> that's, a, that's all he did with it. <laughs> oh, man, I got to go quick. Uh, where's my button here? Countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. It's the final countdown. 100 teams. 100 days. Yeah, baby. <clears throat> that's what we're doing. Football. Hey, and listen, uh, Anthony and Bob and Jay and Jason and everybody, I'm coming to your texts, and if I have to do it an hour or two, I promise I will. All right, team number 87 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days takes us over to the state of Georgia in the Sun Belt Conference, the Eagles of Georgia Southern. Here's a fight song. I'm just going to stop it. Again, anytime a fight song starts like this. All I can picture is uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck in their uh, tuxedos and top hats when they come dancing out onto the stage. That's just the way it sounds to me. It's what I hear. I'm just letting you into my world. All right, Georgia Southern, um, they're going to open the season in 87 days from today on September the 5th on the road at Boise State. Pretty good little road trip there for uh, Georgia Southern out of the Sun Belt. But uh, pretty cool. Go to Boise, play on the blue turf to start the year. And uh, they are on Ole Miss's schedule too. Georgia Southern will go to Oxford and play Ole Miss the Saturday before the Egg Bowl. So November 21st, Ole Miss will host Georgia Southern this year. You know, and State's doing that too. So both schools, State and Ole Miss, are hosting somebody that they can just kind of roll it out there and beat them. Well, that's the thought. Anyway, prior to the Egg Bowl, they're kind of copying the Iron Bowl Alabama model, and that's play a cupcake before your rivalry game. Why not? They can do it. You can too. Um, Last season, Georgia Southern played Liberty. In a bowl game, in the they played uh, the Fighting Hugh Freezes in the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Played at a neutral location. I mean, that's a bowl game, whatever. It just says that on here on the schedule. They lost. Liberty beat Georgia Southern 23-16 to in the bowl game. So Georgia Southern finished the year 7-6. and They were 7-5 and on the regular season a year ago. Opened last season with a loss at LSU. Uh, they beat Maine, they beat South Alabama in double overtime, and beat Coastal Carolina in triple overtime. Those were in back-to-back games. you imagine that? October 3rd, October 19th, there was an off day in between, but they had a double OT and then a three, three OT. But then they beat New Mexico State. They had a huge upset win at the end of October at Appalachian State. They upset them. App State was ranked 20th in the country. And Georgia Southern went in there and beat them 24-21. That was part of four straight wins last year. They finished the year um, in the month of November. They went 2-2. Two and two. They lost to Troy on the road and Arkansas State on the road, but won a couple of home games against UL Monroe and their in-state rival, if you want to call it that, Georgia State. Uh, that's the one that's in 
uh, Atlanta. So that's, you know, just a peek at um, a peek at their schedule. They um, are a proud program. You know this. They've had a um, a lot of success over the years. They're a team that they you know, they used to run the option, the triple option, back when everybody else in college football kind of gravitated away from it in the uh, 90s and early 2000s. There was Georgia Southern still coming in there, running that midline veer and triple option, and they would do it very, very well. Yeah. So um, Georgia Southern, team number 87 on the countdown. We're 87 days away from September the 5th. I'm going to take my hat off and read this. Kevin just posted, uh, just commented on my uh, live stream on Periscope. You can catch it on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt, so, you know, Periscope Radio Wyatt. Kevin says, Braves country saddened to announce that Claudel Washington has passed away at 65 years old. Powder blue hero, Claudel Washington. Played for the A's, played for the Braves. I actually have old baseball cards from the 70s of, of when he was with the A's, a Claudel Washington baseball card. And then um, remember when he was with the Braves in the 80s. But man, 65 years old, way too young. He was a heck of an athlete. I hate to see that too. And Kevin, I appreciate the heads up. I must have missed it on uh, on Twitter. Thomas on Facebook said, wait, just tuning in. The opening game for New Mexico is not on Thursday. Thomas, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing Thursday night opener for Mississippi State is dead. Expect it to be on a Saturday. That's it for Hour 1. Hour 2, coming up. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. <laughs> 